0: Hey y'all, this is April. And this is Caroline. What day is it? It's Thursday, Thursday, and this is Bloody Happy Hour. This is Bloody
1: Happy Hour, your favorite true crime podcast. Also, if you are our fans that bought Manscaped.com, you need to tell all your friends how good your balls smell right now. Yes. Take a whiff. Tell your person next to you how good they smell and then tell them to use the code BHH at
0: Manscaped.com
1: so that they can, their balls can smell well. Listen,
0: I walked in here and April was like, are you wearing Manscaped? And I was like, I don't have balls, but yes, (laughs) because it smells so good. And um, what can they get? Um, The lawnmower, the weed whacker, the... Uh, ball deodorant, the ball, everything to do with balls. And if
1: you have all that and you just need a bag to put it in, you can get the yeah, cool little leather bag. Yeah, and if you just want some
0: like refresh, like you just want to like refresh and get just the lotion. What, it's not lotion. It's toner. Toner. Yeah. Toner. toner. Yeah. So you go to manscaped.com, code BHH, you get 20% off, free shipping, and I mean, you're it's living worth your it. best life.
1: Yeah, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. It's really good that everybody is 100% happy. I mean, that's what I hear. Free shipping! Caroline, what is the
0: story for today? Well, first of all, this random guy was messaging me on Facebook, which I don't even get on Facebook, so I don't even know why I read this message. What's that noise? Oh, that's my... Brown bag in it, y'all. That's my brown bag that you got me because, you know, I've been having such a rough time, I didn't know if I would make it today (laughs) to do this recording. But this dude was like, oh, I don't have a job, so I'm a bum, and I drink whiskey. And I was like, are you my ex-husband? Bye. Like, what? Who? Why, was why he would messaging you say that? that? I don't know. He asked me about if I still did Camp Gladiator, and I was like, no. You who probably trained him for years, and you don't even remember. I mean, probably, but <laughs> then he started saying he wanted to go get drinks, and I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> and then he's trying to tell me he didn't have a job. And I was like, do you think that's going to make me want to go get drinks? What did... What was Alyssa's? Y'all, I cannot even with these people. If you are, if you are a scrub, do not try to slide into the DMs. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty simple. Alyssa's motto
1: is, I'm pretty sure I've told y'all since day one. She's telling some of our single friends Don't this. get
0: dictified.
1: Don't get digmatized. No, oh, digmatized. <laughs> one, and if they're poor, you fucking run. No movies, no dates, (laughs) no dinner, fucking run. You, Kool-Aid, with the ones who have money. What's Um, Kool-Aid? Kool-Aid, cupcake. You You Kiki? (laughs) Is that the same? You, quality time. Oh. thought you was black.
0: I mean, I know what Kiki, but I don't know about Kool-Aid and cupcake. Simpin. You know what Simpin is? Simpin ain't easy. Okay. It's a screen name. Okay, do you recognize this photo? Oh, I know that name. That's what we're doing today. We are doing the disappearance of Tara Calico. Calico. And mainly because this came across my feed the other day saying that it was solved on who this person was in this photo. So, this is a Polaroid. Mm-hmm. This is a 30 year old disappearance. Go look on the Instagram. It's posted. Posted on Instagram. And if you're just like, I got time for that. I need to Google it. Just Facebook. Google Terra Calico Polaroid. Okay. So, this story about a Polaroid photo. So, this happened in New Mexico in the mesas. And this is a young college student and she just is riding her bicycle and she's just going on her bike ride and all of a sudden she vanishes into thin air and there's questions that still remain to this day.
1: What's the city in New Mexico? Um, New it's,
0: uh, it's Valencia oh, okay. Valencia County. Okay. Albuquerque. Mm. So September 20th 1988 Patty Doyle Um, Is at home with her daughter, Tara. Well, this was in in Bowling, New Mexico. So this is half an hour from Albuquerque. Tara's living at home with her mom and her stepdad, John. So Patty and John. And then we have stepsister, Michelle. Okay. They kind of stay around the whole time. So Tara was like very active in high school and she did cheerleading. She ran track and now she's in college and she's staying active. She's doing tennis And she goes on these long, 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 long bike rides. Almost daily, she just enjoys being active. So, she's currently 19 years old. She's a sophomore in college. She goes to the University of New Mexico, Valencia. And she's like, hey, mom, I'm about to go on a bicycle ride. And she's like, but I need to borrow your bike because my bike just got a flat tire. So, her mom's bike that she rides is a hot pink Huffy 10-speed. Oh, Yes.
1: I was thinking like a road bike. Like well, I triathlete. was too.
0: That's that's kind of what I was I, too. I
1: had that in fifth grade.
0: <laughs> third grade. I, had I don't a know how far you're <laughs> riding. Did it have a basket on the front? It did. I think so. And the
1: little streamers on the.
0: Oh, and the streamers. And the little things on the spikes.
1: Yeah. Around. Oh, the, that like move up and down. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: Mm. Uh, So mom's like, yeah, no problem. You can take my bike. I don't need it. And so around 930 that morning, Tara's like, she's getting ready for a ride. And she's like, okay, I'll be back by 1130. And she's like, but if I'm not back by noon to come get me, because I have a date with my boyfriend, we're going to go play tennis. Okay. I guess her mom would just, I don't know if that, yeah. Because she, she would probably say, here's my route.
1: Yeah. So the mom, up.
0: mom would know, knew her. So she went on this route. That's smart.
1: Same route all the time.
0: That's not smart.
1: Oh, I'm say- I was going to say it's smart that she told her mom
0: her route. So the mom had actually been on this route with her before. So it's the same route all the time. She's gone on different routes, but this one route her mom had gone on, and her mom was like, I don't like that route because I felt like there was this car that was following us too close, and yeah. you don't need to go on that route. And then she's like, Mom, I'm nine- 19, not 9. Yeah. And then mom was like, well, at least take some mace. Yeah. So this is where we are now so she's going on her bike ride she's like bye here we go my bike ride and yeah because this route was also kind of isolated like once you get outside the neighborhood it's like it's just this road like it's the mm-hmm. 17 miles down and 17 miles back of road there's no there's nothing oh
1: that's how Mex- yeah that how it's how it looks over there it's horrible <laughs> it's like driving in west yeah. texas and then going to new mexico it's nothing but tumbleweeds weeds yep. and
0: Not even grass. Not even grass. Not even grass. So, the mom never went, Patty never went with her on that route again because she just didn't like it. It freaked her out. And she just had a bad feeling, but she tried to warn her. And anyway, so she's on her ride and 1130 comes around. Tara's not back home. Do you say Tara or Tara? I say Tara.
1: I say Tara, but some people's name is Tara if it's (laughs) Tara.
0: Well, I just think it's Tara. Oh, okay. What is it? I mean, I think it's Tara. Oh, okay. But I've heard people say Tara. Oh, sorry if it's Tara, y'all. So I'm just this is Texas, maybe. Um, and so it's 11:30. She's not back. Mom's like, okay, it's 11:45. Mom's like, okay, well, so she's supposed to be back by 12. Now it's now it's 12. It's noon. She's not back, and Mom's like, okay, you remember, there's no cell phones. So this is like 1988. There's, I don't even know if there's pagers. Y'all probably don't even know what a pager is, but there's not a pager. So no. you have to go out and look Find for them. Her. So she knows the route. She hops in the car and she's like, all right, let me go get her. Driving down the road, 17 miles there. Doesn't see her. Not a trace, nothing. This is along, this is a 17 mile stretch along State Road 47, southeast. And away from the Rio communities. Okay. You might know what that means. And then 17 miles back. So Patty drives down. No sign of Tara or the bike. Nothing. So she's like, okay, I'm not going to panic yet because maybe I'm here out driving and she's already made it home. home. Yeah. So she gets back home and there's no Tara so she's kind of starting to freak out so Patty and John call the police and they report her missing and they're telling the officers this is very unlike her she's very punctual that's why she wanted me to make sure to go get her if she wasn't here there was she was not like she's not this is not on purpose yeah this was very accidental she goes on these bike rides all the time And they did a really good job. They were like, let's get on it. Here we go. We got the Valencia County sheriffs. They call in help from departments across New Mexico. You got state police. You got Bernalillo County sheriffs from Albuquerque. Bloodhound teams are coming out. Yeah, You got a state search and rescue team joining the efforts. They're searching foot. They're searching horseback. They're searching on ATVs. Shout out. They were living it up. They were doing it.
1: They were... DTF. They were DTF. Down to find. Yes.
0: So they quickly find some vital clues along this route. They see like bike skid marks and that almost look like the bike might have spun out. And then they see car tire marks Uh, like from a car. So these marks look like they may have been a struggle. Um, Maybe that the bike was hit. And then they find a piece Oh. I forgot to tell you, she went on this bike ride with her Walkman because, you know, we don't have iPods. So you got the headphones and you got the Walkman with the cassette tape inside. Mm -hmm. And she loved listening to Boston. Okay. So they, and it was this bright yellow Walkman. So they find a piece of the Walkman, but they find just like the little window part of it.
1: Uh-huh, where like, you put the cassette.
0: Yeah, and they find the cassette tape. And it's Boston. And it's Boston. Oh, God. So... She did that on purpose, I bet. Well, that's what they're like, okay, did she do this on purpose? Or, like, what do we say? Not think? like Sherry Papini on purpose. Oh, yeah. Like, like I know I'm my getting... My mom will know yeah. it's
1: me if I leave this here.
0: So... Police find, like, several uh, witnesses. They find seven who said that they saw a woman matching Tara's description on the day that she went missing. And then five of those seven saw that she was being followed by a light-colored, like, like a light-colored Ford, maybe a Ford pickup truck. But it had one of those camper shells on the back. Mm,
1: always following
0: sus. closely behind. Suss. So they also noted that she was wearing headphones, and you know what? They said she did not seem to be aware. Oh god. She she was not aware that she was being followed.
1: The good thing about the headphones is you can get lost. The bad thing is,
0: you get, get lost. lost. And that's why we say stay aware. Because I may not always stay aware. I'm <laughs> probably never staying aware. But I like to practice what... I like to preach and preach it. And I might not practice, but I'm working on it. Okay? <laughs> so, she was not she aware. Does. And if she's not aware that she's been followed, it's not good. Yeah. The following day was like bad weather rainy 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 and they're like well we're just gonna keep searching 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 weeks and weeks and weeks they got no clues they got no bike they got nothing nine months later oh god well, how do you even do that with nine months i can't even like i'm worried about my dog at the damn bet, and he's fine and i'm like that's like hours how do you do nine months? how do you uh, even go to sleep do you just sit there and then you just your body just shuts down and you fall asleep how would oh, you? Oh, I think they like, have how do medicine you live to, go to sleep. When you know your like child is missing, missing. Like, I mean,
1: that's. I think they only live because there's, they could come back, so they want to be there when they come back, right? Or to know, or in case the child needs them. I but mean, I mean, how do you shut off medicine? I know. Medicine. They didn't have Xanax back then, but they had probably something similar. Yeah.
0: So. They're trying to do everything they can, and they're getting nowhere. So then, July 15th, 1989, which this is less than a year, okay, but more than nine months, but less than a year, Yeah. Um, John, Tara's stepdad, gets a phone call from a friend who says that they watched this TV show called A Current Affair.
1: Ooh, I remember that show. Okay,
0: what was that show? Was a it current like current affair? Yeah, but I mean what was it like America's Most Wanted or was it like I don't know, I just
1: remember a current affair
0: coming. But like on. a news show, maybe just like I don't know. Maybe what was in the news right yeah. now. like certain stories. Yeah.
1: It was maybe a twist of like unsolved mysteries, but I feel like it all came on all the time. Yeah. A current. Next on a current affair.
0: I know. Look it up. Is there
1: red writing or blue writing? I okay. did Google I it. So
0: cool. so they um So this this person, oh yeah, this friend said that they saw an episode that did a story about a Polaroid that was found Uh, that was concerning to him. And he, so he called, this friend calls John. Did I say that? Yeah. Oh, John got the friend, the phone call from the friend and the friend's like, I watched Current Affair and I saw this episode with this Polaroid. It was blue. (gasps) Yeah. Okay. And so he's like he's like, there's this episode on the show that I watched might be interested in. And this Polaroid, so this Polaroid, I'll come back to that. This Polaroid was found in ports, port St. Port Joe, Florida at a convenience store. Okay. That the Polaroid was found in Florida. This happened in, she's New Mexico. happened in New Mexico. So a woman walked into the store and noticed that a guy is sitting in a creepy white van and Let's be honest. was it my daddy? My daddy drove a creepy creepy white white van. My white vans time. are never a good <laughs> sign. Never a good sign. So when she came, when the lady came out of the store, she looked and the white van was gone. But she noticed on the ground, on the floor, was a, a Polaroid uh-huh. picture, and it was like right where that van was parked. And so she picked it up. And this picture is a very disturbing picture. And you're going to help me explain what it looks like. Oh, can we okay. do
1: like Brit? Yeah. And Brit, so oh, yeah. Like, okay. Wait, go. Scroll down. I can't do it. Okay, so you have to say.
0: Okay. Okay. Um. So I'm going to go ahead and email you this picture, <laughs> April, and let me know what you think.
1: Okay, let me see.
0: <gasps> oh.
1: Okay, so I see, I see the creepy white van, and it looks like what... Could be two teenagers taped up, maybe their arms bound. <laughs> they're laying on pillows. <laughs> Am I doing it? They're yes. laying on pillows. I can't really tell if one of them is a male or a female. Um, it could be a male with long hair. Either way, they're both white teenage people.
0: Um. I mean, I don't think so, but I mean.
1: <laughs> no, she's always a bitch. <laughs> she, no, she always negates everything. <laughs> always like,
0: even. I'm Actually, like, it's I'm like,
1: 100% opposite of what it is. No,
0: I'm like, <laughs> you literally wrote that script for her to say that. And you literally are sitting here bitching her
1: out. She's like, well, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Uh,
0: I mean, that sounds
1: okay, but no. I don't see boobs here. But okay. she was an endurance athlete. And I had to buy boobs when I was an endurance
0: athlete. So I don't know if that's a male or a female. Oh, well, I feel like it's... Well, these, this day and age, there's no telling. Mm-hmm. But back at 1988 or 89, most likely that was a female. So this picture is a so picture is of that? them. They're side by side. Yeah, that's a little boy. Oh, okay. Okay, so well, this is what we're going with. We're going with... So they have... Did you say what they had? I couldn't even listen. They both have their hands are bound behind their back. Yeah. And they have duct tape over their mouths. They're laying next to each other. And then, like I said, get April's opinion of the picture. (laughs) They both look real pissed. And it looks like maybe, what do you think their ages would be? Like, it looks like he's. He was a lot younger. Yeah. Oh, but that is her. Okay.
1: Okay. He's a lot younger. These pillows don't have pillowcases on them.
0: Um, Oh, oh. It looks like he could have been like eight. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. Wh- but what is this back here in the background? Uh, is that like a, that looks like one, a a truck with the camper top, I think. Or is it a white van? I don't know. Okay, but then, oh, it's not showing in the picture.
1: Because these are like faux windows. Wow, y'all, just go look at it. I don't know. <clears throat> but she said it was a white van.
0: So we now, oh, it must got cut off. So there's been, we'll bring, I'll come back to the book. There's been several theories that have been floated around about this picture. Because one of the theories is, is it fake? Because people are like, well, you can't see the bound, the bindings. You can't see that they've been bound. Mm Mm-hmm. You can't. They don't look like their arms are like super tight because her shoulders are kind of relaxed. Mm-hmm. But one thing that is for sure is that nobody has come forward even to this day of who is in that who picture. is in that picture. And
1: that was obviously world everywhere. It was on a current affair. Yeah, it was okay. on a current affair.
0: Okay. So this lady who found the picture, she calls police obviously because that's, that's from, a real creepy picture to find yeah. in a parking lot under a white van. When,
1: that's when. Karen's knew their place. So like when they—that's when the Karen.
0: Yeah, was that's a good. When Karen, Karen was good. Now Karens it's, are all mm, doing mm, too mm, much. Doing too much. That's a good type of Karen. So go back to the 1980 Karen. Yeah, let's do that. So, um, she tells police that there—the man in the van—was looked like he was in his 30s and with a mustache. That's all she really got. She didn't really get much information. There was nobody in the passenger seat, and that. She said the van was a white Toyota cargo van with no windows. Uh, that is the creepiest. I don't care if you're a painter. It's still creepy. <laughs> I don't even know. Police set up road... Like these police are DTF. They set up roadblocks. They try to search for this van. They're asking for any witnesses. And they're like...
1: In Florida. They're doing this in Florida?
0: Yes. Okay. Yes. <clears throat> and they're thinking... Well, maybe these are two trafficked victims, because that's exactly what you go for, like like a young white girl or a little boy. Yeah. I mean, I, don't, I actually don't know if it matters if you're white. Does it? If what? It tra- For
1: trafficking? No, actually, when Saramucci came to our book club, it's black, young black females who are trafficked the most. You just see pictures of them less, because... People glance over the pictures of the black victims and look for the white victims. So it's actually young
0: black females that are trafficked the most. (coughs) But I think it's females more And I always think, oh, yes. Girls more than boys. And then maybe it's like maybe that's why they don't look sickly is because you don't want your trafficked kids to look like beat up and battered and bruised. Which is why we
1: called Sherry Papini's bullshit, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. being trafficked so also fun fact boys don't get trafficked as much now guess why why i don't know because what grinder all you got to do is get on grinder if you want to screw a boy it's oh. just like there and free
0: and now a word from our sponsors Mike and we have a fantastic new podcast to tell you about bros foes and heroes it's the two of us looking into the world of comics breaking down some characters that you may have never heard of and some that are just absolutely ridiculous
1: yeah so Zach comes up with a character each time and uh, I go into it just completely blind I don't know
0: who this person is or what their abilities are or anything and and basically I guess we kind of go over their origin story and just some of the ridiculous stuff that maybe especially Golden Age stuff. Oh, Golden yeah. Age stuff is always the best and we will make sure to highlight all of the shenanigans and just absolute weirdness yeah. of everything. Yeah. That's right. So subscribe today and uh, follow us on Instagram at Bros Bros Heroes.
1: And if you don't, I know where you live. Not really,
0: but please subscribe. Bros and and Heroes gonna tell you about frozen. Frozen heroes gonna tell you about.
1: Nine one one. What's your emergency? Do you hear that? It's coming from the house. It's coming
0: from inside the house. Uh, do you mean? Could it be? The poltergasm Nobody's recognizing these kids. Moving on. Six weeks go by, and the police turn to the public. They're like, we need your help. Go into the media. We need to figure out if anybody recognizes these kids. This is how the photo gets on a current affair. Okay. So, this is where John's friend, John's stepdad, stepdad John, this is where he is told to go to look at the picture. Okay. Got it? So... When John and Patty see the picture, this Polaroid, they're like, that's her. That's Tara. Yeah. Tara Tara. Patty is 100% convinced. 100%. This is her daughter. She points out this calic in her hair. You probably pulled a picture. the picture. And mama
1: knows. She points out this knows. calic
0: in her hair. And she's like, that's what she looks like without makeup. And she hasn't had a perm. And that's, that's her. I'm sure that's her. That's her. And white people perm is curly hair. Not straight. Yeah. Um, So she also points out that there is this scar on her leg that she got from being in a car wreck. And she said you can see the scar on her calf area. And that that was, go, go back to where you see the book. And like that was for sure her because that's the scar that she got in this wreck. And then they see the book in this picture. And this book is called. My Sweet Aldrina, by V.C. Andrews, which is one of Tara's favorite authors. Mine too. <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs> What's your favorite author?
1: Um, Arthur
0: the the show. <laughs> That's my uh, favorite author. Irish Johansson and Rule. Oh, I do like. I do actually know Anne Rule. Oh my gosh. So then, this is. So the mom, this, Tara's mom, Patty, is for sure 100%. She's like, that's her. But who's the boy? That's the question. Well, when this aired on TV on The Current Affair, another family came forward thinking that the young boy looked like their missing child, Michael Henley, who was nine years old and went missing in New Mexico in the Zuni Mountains. Mm. He had been hunting with his dad. They were on a camping trip in April 1988. And so Tara and Michael's parents both get together. They've never met. They get together. They go to Florida and to meet with detectives. and they're looking trying to find out more about this because they're like we both they both think that that's their kid in the photo. So FBI does an analysis of this photo. And this full analysis. So Patty's like, yes, I think it's 100%. Tara, but then Michael's parents, they weren't really that certain. They don't think they wanted to really commit to being like, we know that's him because they just, they just weren't, yeah, really for like sure.
1: All three? No, two of my three little brothers looks literally just like them oh, too. Yeah, I've, that, it I, mean, I looked like that little
0: boy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, so you just can't really tell without seeing the face. So um, Tara, Tara and Michael both disappeared within a couple months of each other. And then law enforcement goes a step further and they contact Polaroid because they're thinking maybe Polaroid will help us figure out some more details as far as like when this film was made. How? Because There's no technology back then. Polaroid is able to determine when that type of film was put out put out. Oh. They said that type of film, whatever the, I guess it has those little gold numbers at the bottom you know of each oh. picture okay. So they were able to say that the that film wasn't made until May of 1989. What month did they go missing? I don't know after May
1: no it was in 88 they went missing in 88
0: yeah so they were saying okay this picture would have been so the photo would have been taken after right yeah so it's possible that these two images the two in the image could be Tara and Michael but when the results of FBI analysis come back it isn't definitive the photo is also taken to this like super renowned research facility in New Mexico and they come back with contradictions contradicting opinions on if it is or isn't Tara or Michael and it just kind of gets a little wild like one of them says it definitely is Tara the other one says it definitely isn't Tara Um, and questionable so in 2008 the lab that said it wasn't her like either way there was no consensus on if it was her or not so they this does not stop Patty. She's like, okay, even though y'all can't make up your minds, I'm still DTF. Yeah. So she's like, I'm bringing her home. I'm all about it. Well, f- unfortunately for Michael, he was later found dead in June of 1990. And he, cause remember he was out camping with his dad uh-huh. or uh, at the mountains and he was found just a few miles from his family campsite, and he was. His autopsy revealed that he had died of exposure due to being lost in the woods and had dehydration.
1: So that wasn't him in the picture. So
0: it was not him in the picture. Wow. So that was Lyman thought up. I think it's my little brother, David. <clears throat> David, is that you? Might have been. Look at him closer. So Patty and John continue to stay with the investigation, and in 1991, they go through training to be. Auxiliary deputies. What is that? I don't know, but... Do they still have the training? Can I be one? Yes. All it was consisted of, like, background check and maybe a couple other things. Oh, I won't pass it. Oh, okay. Um, so they become deputies for the Valencia County Sheriff's Department, and these deputies, as deputies now, they can both carry weapons, they can talk to law enforcement agencies on behalf of the Sheriff's Department, giving them more access than the average person or citizen, and... It's a little less than what police officers know, but it's more than what civilians or citizens know. Okay. So, with this new access, Patty mm. is getting pretty close to the old uh, or former Valencia County Sheriff. Uh oh. I know. That's what I thought. How this, close? That's what I thought the first time. <laughs> I was like, okay, girl. This guy, remember this name? Lawrence Romero. Okay. Okay. So Lawrence also lost a child over the course of the investigation because his son, Lawrence Jr., which okay. is also important, committed suicide in 1991. So they've kind of bonded over, like, missing children or having lost children. Okay. So at this point, Patty is basically working for Investigation, investigation Discovery, Secret Service, CSI, FBI. She just is, like... The police are sending her pictures. They're sending her everything. They're like, maybe this. But they're not only sending her pictures. They're sending her pictures of, like, dismembered bodies. Oh. To try to see if, oh, is this Tara? Is this Tara? How? She, because she's, like, tr- she's like wanting to be so involved. Yeah. She's agonizing over it every single, she wants every single photo. She wants to be so involved. She's, like, yeah, too DTF. Yeah. She's over DTF. You think so? Well, Yes, because I would want
1: to roll out every single body. I would think. Yeah, but do you want him to send you pictures of?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh well, I would too, but <laughs> she obviously but, uh, cannot <coughs> handle it.
1: <coughs> I think I would want that now. I got pancreatitis. I you think got I would want gastric that now, bypass. <coughs> but I don't know that I would want it if it could possibly be my kid. So. I'll take that back. Well,
0: in 2003, Patty and John leave New Mexico and they move to Florida because they want a fresh start because the stress was getting to to Patty. The stress of Tara's disappearance was wearing on them, taking a toll on Patty's physical and mental health, and she passed away in 2006.
1: No. Yes. She moved to Florida. That wasn't to get a rest because that's the last place she thought her daughter was. I know.
0: But guess what? Her stepdaughter, okay.
1: Michelle.
0: Which was John's daughter. John's daughter. Okay. She was DTF to pick she's like, okay, I'm DTF picking now. It up. I'm picking it up and I am continuing with this investigation. Oh, I love I'm it. all about it. Michelle. So she picks up where she left off. In two thousand eight, two years after Patty passes away, the Valenciaga Valenciaga. <laughs> I got Valenciaga <laughs> on the brain. <laughs> <Woo>. Ew. <laughs> Sheriff Renee Rivera, Rivera says in 2008, okay, 2008, Sheriff Renee. How many years is this? 30. It, well, no. Cur- no, no, no. It, currently, right now, it's no, like. No, in 2008. In so 2008, it's like to 20 to, years, right? Wow. 88, 98. Do you know her math? No. I don't either. So just, it's 2008. Sheriff Riviera. uh, Rivera. Rivera. I'm going to call him Renee. Sheriff Renee says he knows exactly what happened to Tara and who's responsible. Okay. He says that there were two suspects and they were teenagers. And then back in 1988, when Tara vanished, that they had help from a couple other people. He believed that Tara never, her body never left New Mexico alive. Not even, didn't even leave Valencia County. Mm. He also doesn't think that it's Tara in the Polaroid in the picture. So he said two teenagers were driving in an old pickup truck, just like the witnesses described. And whenever they saw Tara riding her bike, they decided to follow her, that they knew her.
1: Okay.
0: And that they started like grabbing at her out the window like, they're driving, like, that's creepy, like, trying to grab at her, and they start, like, catcalling her, and, like... So, she probably stops on her bike. Being real brakes. freaking annoying. <clears throat> and then things took a bad turn. They end up hitting her bike with their truck, and then the sheriff says he thinks it was an accident. They weren't trying to run her over. <sighs> Great. She fell off her bike. The guys panic. They pick her up. They put her her and her bike in the truck, abduct her. Then they dump her bike along the way. He said he thinks that she was possibly hurt or like during the fall or she threatened to call the police and things spiraled and they panicked and they were scared that they were going to go to jail. And so that, that was his theory. Mm -hmm. He didn't have a theory on exactly how things transpired after that or how she was murdered or where they would have put her. But he thinks that the teens had help from two other people, and he won't formally name anyone. Why? Okay. Well, once Tara's family hears about this, and- Oh, it's
1: the the kid that committed suicide. It's the sheriff's son. That's why he committed suicide. That's why the sheriff was so involved and so close. I solved it. Podcast over. Podcast over! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: okay, but why is the sheriff over here talking all this stuff? Is he in on it? Who uh,
1: Rene? Rene? Cuantos años tiene Renee? Rene?
0: Yeah, yo quiero talk Bell.
1: <laughs> how old is Renee?
0: I don't know. He. This is. I don't Would know. He how have old. been a teenager back then. No, but he could be friends with the other guy. And that's why you won't name him. So once Tara's family hears about this and they're waiting, they're anticipating, they're like, yeah, somebody's going to get arrested. We're going to find out what happened. We're going to finally get closure after 20 years. Wow. But. That's why Renee joined the force so he could can- Good old Sheriff Renee says he put together a solid case against these guys, but he won't pull the trigger and arrest them because he says. They do have a case to put together, but they wanted to make sure that the case is concrete, it's rock solid, and that they can effectively do their jobs, and that he wanted a little bit more evidence, like her bike, her clothes, or her body, and he would not release the evidence that led him to this conclusion? Because
1: the sheriff would retaliate and fire him.
0: Wow. John was
1: pissed
0: yes out. anybody he should, should
1: be. be call in the Texas
0: Rangers It's just right next door there you go so the sheriff he said the sheriff should have made shouldn't have made these comments if he wasn't going to or willing to make an arrest and that strong circumstantial evidence should be enough for a conviction and so to me all of this sounds very suspicious. yeah And this is when I asked you about your predictions. But you already gave me your predictions, so I don't have to ask. Um, So now Tara and her family are back to square one. Hmm. Well, this investigation continues. It's 2009. It's 20 years after the Polaroid was found. And now pictures of a boy were sent to Port St. Joe, Florida, the police chief up in Florida. And it was um, a picture that was postmarked June of... 2009 which was like a couple of days before the anniversary of when the actual photo was found okay and it was basically the image was of a young boy that same that same young boy but with marker drawn over the mouth like like it was duct tape like intimidating Mm -hmm. like imitating imitating (laughs) imitating the boy in the original picture and so initially he assumes that it's some kind of prank or like F you to the police. But then the local newspaper gets the same photo sent to them. So they're like, what is happening? And it was postmarked from Albuquerque. And it's just like all this crate. Like who's Uh, is somebody taunting? Somebody is having fun with this. This gets them nowhere. Nowhere. Then October 2013. 25 years after the disappearance. The vanishment. Mm -mm. The they are, uh, I guess half of this law enforcement is determined because they create a task force and they are wanting to reopen the case. Please do. So they reopen the case in hopes of that with the new modern technology that they will go and look at the old evidence and they will find something that they didn't see before. So... They or maybe somebody as- filed a paper in the wrong folder, like Delphi. I can't. They assembled this for task force, and it is uh, includes home security, state police, two sheriff's departments, and local police. So it's got a, a good amount of people involved. So they do an interview with another former deputy, Frank Mathola. Okay. Frank tells them about a deathbed statement that he took while he was in the sheriff's department. So, a literal deathbed confession from this guy named Henry, Henry Brown. He wanted to confess something before he died.
1: Was Henry Henry also a sheriff? No,
0: Henry was like a school teacher. Uh Uh-oh. That ain't good. So, Henry said he knew exactly what happened to Tara and who killed her. This is Henry's confession. What? Back in 1988, he said he lived down the street from a trailer where this other guy lived. This other guy would have friends over to party in the, this basement that he built. Well, Henry would go over to this trailer and party with them. But the name of the guy who lives in the trailer?
1: Is LJ Jr.
0: Lawrence Romero Jr. Remember, that's the one old sheriff's whose son died and that's the one who bonded with Patty, Tara's mom. So Henry said that he was down in the basement one night and around that time, the same time that Tara disappeared and he saw something that he described as a grave wrapped in blue tarp, meaning like a Uh, human sized body. Yeah. So he said there were three guys, Lawrence, Leroy, this would be four guys: Leroy. Lawrence, Leroy, David, and then another man, redheaded guy. Hey, nothing good will ever happen with anybody named Leroy. Leroy and random redheaded guy with no name.
1: Oh, a random redhead
0: with no name. No, no. They start talking about how they knew Tara because she used to date a friend of theirs, and oh, <gasps> they all look redheaded.
1: Are they all gingers?
0: also knew that she took the same bike route every day and they would see her out on her 17 mile bike route on that same state road 47. So they said that like they said how they were driving. They were driving out in this old pickup truck. They had knocked her off her bike. This is what Henry's saying. This is his recount. He says he goes on and tells Frank that Lawrence, Leroy, David and redheaded guy kidnapped Tara, took her out to a gravel pits nearby, sexually assaulted her and that she fought oh. and she fought. And even after, be- after being brutalized, Henry said, Lawrence told him that. She threatened to go to the police. So Lawrence got out a knife, Lawrence Jr., Mm -hmm. got out a knife and stabbed her, and then put her body in the basement. Later, taking it to Redhead's house, Mm. dumping it in a nearby pond. And it turns out Lawrence Jr. likes to brag that since his dad was the sheriff, he could pretty much get away with committing any crime. And that they took the pink bike to a junkyard where it would never be found. Oh, my God. So by the time this task force hears this, Lawrence is dead. He's been dead for about 20 years. Henry's dead. Frank has resigned from the department. And so there's really no way to prove or disprove anything about this case. But if you go back to th- to the 2008 announcement with Renee, yeah. it's like the same
1: story. So, has Renee said, yeah, that's that's who I meant. That's right. Like, has he
0: confirmed that? Renee had said it. I think I looked it up, and I think... Renee's a poontang. I think Renee might have already died, too. But I don't... I'm not sure. But that story matches. It matches the teenage boys. matches the pickup truck. It matches accidentally ran into the car. And... I mean... Basically, the thoughts of everyone around is that it was a violent abduction. It was a murder. This was covered up by Romero Sr. and Jr. And that Renee may have potentially also been involved in the cover-up as well. Oh. Yes. So, where? let me tell you. Where we are now is that we don't have enough evidence. To say it's closed. To say. To say. And we don't even know what. Law. What information law enforcement has, but I feel like it can still be solved because so, I feel like so many people know a lot. I don't know. But still, the most, the most, the, the most recent update is from 2018, and that's, um, that is the update is from 2019 where the FBI posted the twenty thousand dollar reward, which is still happening out there now because they're waiting for tips. Any tips? Out there, you know. Yeah. I don't know. But that's what's posted. And remember how I told you Sister Michelle was DTF? Yeah. Sister Michelle still thinks to the, she still thinks that that's Tara in the photo. I know it doesn't really make any sense. I don't know if it can be, if, I don't know. It's kind of, it's just, but she started working closely with a lady named Melinda Esquivel. Mm-hmm. And Melinda Esquivel is a host of the podcast Vanished, the Tara Calico investigation. Oh. She grew up with Tara.
1: Melinda. Melinda. Melinda did. Was
0: like in the band with her and oh. kind of knew her. So uh. that's kind of why she's really investigated in it. I mean, invested in it. Uh-huh. Um, and so they have this podcast out there that kind of talks about more details of everything and you can go listen to it. They also have a website terracalico.com, pretty simple. And then um for if you have any tips tips.fbi.gov. Wow. And that's did 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 Daddy Romero get fired? The, I'm they all resigned. Okay, they did. Yeah. So nobody's I think a bunch of people know because like even I was listening to something and they said that this um, uh, Melinda girl who does the Vanished podcast that she lives in L.A. And she was talking, talking about it with some friends and they were like, oh, yeah, we all know who did it. We all know who did it. And they they were like, we just somebody just has to say like we just have to find evidence, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Because
1: people are saying it. Yeah. So they know the story, but there's nothing to back it up. There's no body, there's no bike, there's no anyth- No confession letter. So, so just obviously get searching. that's why Junior committed suicide. Like He obviously yes. had some guilt at some point when he...
0: Can you believe that law enforcement was so invested in it and then the whole time they're covering it up? But I don't think all the law... Lo- it was only those few that knew. That's what's happening with the Kylie Rodney situation. I feel oh, like, for too. sure wow wow
1: wow i knew the name i never knew the story it's really shallow why i didn't know the stories because calico is a type of cat and i was like not interested but it's such a good story and it's so sad this is our second
0: i know i knew about i I know but when i saw it pop up on my um instagram i was like why is this picture showing up and why not and i was like i know this story i've heard it before yeah and i was like we never talked about it so if you you a lot of people in crime, true crime world, have heard about it. Oh, yeah. I know the, as I knew the name, I did, we all it's know the, the name. one of the originals. Yes, it's an OG, so. You're welcome. Wow. I gotta go pick up my dog.
1: Yes, y'all. Rate, right, review, subscribe. Don't forget to.
0: Stay aware. Stay alive. And always be TTF. Bye, y'all. Bye.